Plum, welcome to the Biz Unplugged listener email show. We're going to be reading some of the emails uh, that you've sent us in in the last week. Uh, I do want to say a few things, though, before we start. Number one, um, the more popular the show is getting, the more emails we're getting, which is great. Uh, but also the more complaints we're getting about we're not reading your email on the air. Um, we really have time constraints, honestly. Already on a weekly basis, we're putting up a show that's anywhere from two to two and a half hours long. Uh, and uh, I, I'm not comfortable putting up much more than that. Uh, we try and answer uh, as many emails as we can, but we're also very selective. We try and be very selective about the questions that we read. In a lot of cases, some of the emails that we receive, um, we have already answered those questions in previous shows or... Um, you know, we'll get one question, same question from 25 people. We're not, we, we've even made jokes about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's important for everyone to understand that it's not because we're, uh, we're, we're just picking and choosing willy-nilly. There are real reasons why we can't possibly read every email we get. Right now we're getting somewhere between 100 and 150 emails a week. Uh, it is just simply impossible to answer all of them. The odds that you're, you're going to get your email answered um, are, are, you know, less as our show gets more popular. I apologize, but that's just a reality. And uh, we're, some people have suggested that the only emails we read are the ones that have the compliments in them, which every email comes in pretty much with a compliment in it. And uh, that's not how we pick them. We pick them based on what's actually being asked. Do we A, do we know the answer to the question? And, uh, and B, is it uh, something that we haven't discussed previously? Is it something that people would really want to know? Um, I'll tell you this, that you stand a much better chance of getting your voicemail on the show because uh, we don't get nearly as many of those. I made a call. I, I had a call out last week to everybody to send in some voicemails, and uh, we're back to uh, everybody wants to write, nobody wants to talk. So um, next week is an all-voicemail show, okay, one 310 And call and leave us a voicemail. Be sure to leave us your contact information at the very least. Leave us your email address or your Disboard's screen name so that we can have a way to contact you. But uh, I just I, I want to apologize to anybody who feels that we're ignoring them. We're not. I swear to you, we're not. We're doing our absolute best uh, to get as many of these emails read each week as we can. And uh, it's just so, so much we can do. But uh, with that said, we're going to go ahead and get started. Our first email is from Darlene in Parksburg, Pennsylvania. And she writes, you answered an email last week about celebrating an anniversary at Disney and about informing the restaurant, etc., about the special day. Well, as a lesbian, I'm wondering how Disney reacts to a same-sex couple informing them that they are celebrating an anniversary. Can a same-sex couple make this announcement and get those perks, or would it just make for an awkward situation all around? I know the official Disney line is to be gay-friendly, and they now allow commitment ceremonies on site, but in practice... Uh, have you found their hotels, restaurants to be receptive to a gay couple celebrating a special occasion? Well, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uniquely qualified, or a few of us here at the table are uniquely qualified to answer that. And the answer is a resounding yes. You absolutely can. Uh, I've been, I've, I don't think there's anything that Disney does that I haven't experienced with my partner. And we make no secrets about, I mean, we're not flaming, but we make no secrets about the fact that we're a couple. Um, and we have never, ever, ever, ever once, I cannot think of one situation on Disney property, in a Disney restaurant, a Disney hotel, where we have been made to feel anything less than a valued guest. 
um, when we, you know, if it's an anniversary or especially in any occasion, but especially on anything special, any kind of special requests. So you can absolutely feel confident that mm -hmm. you will, uh, uh, Disney will be very responsive and you will not have any awkward situations. I think um, they'll receive the same treatment as if Corey and I went in and asked yes, for an anniversary will. button. Can I add something to that though? The, the email that we asked or answered last week, these, this person told us how they got a preferential treatment. They got sat at a special table. They it got wasn't a an email. It was just a story about my friends. Okay. I apologize. Yeah. It was a story about your friends. That's not something anybody should expect. Right. Whether you're a lesbian couple or gay couple or a straight couple, whoever, that's not something that anybody can really expect. Those are the magical moments that you get at Disney. Yeah. So I, I don't think, no, I don't know that anybody should expect that walking into any restaurant. I think you should expect to be treated with dignity and courtesy and the same kind of level of service and respect that anybody should get. But don't expect right. anything. You know, I interpret it. I, I don't know. I interpreted this more as, you know, when you tell them you're celebrating an anniversary and they'll bring a cake to the table. Or they do little things like that. They do that for everyone's yes. anniversary, absolutely, yeah. and that absolutely applies. Uh, yeah, on occasion, on occasion, somebody may get lucky, like Julie, Julie's friends, and they get some over and above treatment. But that is the exception, not the rule, and that's not you know, that's not being determined on who's heterosexual or not. Right. That's just being determined on the mood the cast member happens to be in at the moment you approach the podium. <laughs> that's true. So it's um, it, I, I I don't know. Like I said, I I, I have no trouble criticizing Disney, and. Uh, I, I can tell you, I cannot think of one situation that Walter and I have been in in a restaurant, in a theme park, anywhere on the cruise, especially on the cruise line, um, where we were not treated outs with, with outstanding service. So it's never, ever, ever been an issue. If you're a gay couple coming to Disney World and it's, you haven't been before, um, trust me, you know, it's, it's, it's a very gay-friendly place. It's a very gay-friendly place. So, Darlene, go get your button. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so... All right, who has another one they'd like to read? Pete, I have an email from Lydia from Lehighton, Pennsylvania. And she and her family are coming down October 27th through November 4th, and she's really excited. And she's, at, uh, she's mentioning that her son is a huge fan of Herbie the Love Bug, and he's been that way for, from, since he was three years old, so for seven years. And he would watch Herbie movies and cry when it was over because Herbie was leaving. Now she is asking that she's been told that uh, on the Lights, Motor Motors, Actions, Extreme Stunt Show that Herbie is in the show. And uh, he is, Lydia, in the show. Uh, he's not at the end, but he's somewhere in the show. And I'll leave it at that. And uh, I was over there yesterday and I there's a Herbie love bug car that sits outside the stunt show usually didn't that used to be over at like the all-star movies outside the all-star movies didn't they have one Th there still is there still is yeah there were two buildings um, dedicated to like the Herbie and like there's one building he's coming out of the building and the other building he's going into it and right yeah. in the middle of those there's a Herbie with like his trophy so you might want to check that out which too. hotel is that all-star movies Okay, so that's something for you to look at. Grand Floridian. The Polynesian. Sorry. But there's, there's usually a Herbie car out near the, the little concession stand that's right outside the lights action uh, stunt show. And uh, I was over there yesterday, and it was missing. So I asked the people, and it's been out for about two weeks, 
they're repainting it. They do that every once in a while. And uh, we can keep our fingers crossed for you that it'll he'll be out there back on stage again in the near future so uh, your son can get a picture with him too. So you get a few opportunities to see Herbie. Yeah. Yeah. And if not, you can use the the, uh, the Cars movie car comes out in that area. So he, you might want to focus him on that too. So that's it for me, Lydia. All right. Thank you, Bob. Julie? This is not a question. Okay. It's just a general email, but it's from Paula. I'm partial to Paula's in Christchurch, New Zealand. Um, the subject line was listeners in Asia, so that's why it drew my attention. She says, just finished listening to last week's show and heard your request for listeners in Asia. I thought I'd drop you an email to tell you that technically I will be a listener in Asia with this coming week's show. I'll be downloading on Wednesday and on Thursday. I'm flying from my home in New Zealand to Singapore for a couple of days and then on to Com- Cambodia for a holiday. I'm a little envious, Paula. And then she says, we have a couple of longish bus trips on our 15-night trip around Cambodia, and I fully intend to listen to this coming week's show during one of these journeys. I would also like you to know that I also listened to your show while I was in Peru earlier this year. So we've also been listened to in South America. Okay, so Paula, <laughs> Paula, if you're listening to me right now and you're on a bus in New Zealand, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a piece of paper, <laughs> and I want you to take little little pieces, and I want you to ball them up, and I want you to gently put them in the hair of the person sitting in front of you. <laughs> so that by the end of the 15 hours, this person has like a head full of yellow <laughs> hair and doesn't know. Because that would be cool. Sorry. Take a picture with your camera phone. <laughs> Paula, don't do anything that's going to get you in trouble in Cambodia. Yeah, really. <laughs> we don't want to get the email. We have no pull in Cambodia. Yeah, really. Can't help you there. So I thought that was really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I, did we did, did we get any other uh, responses to that? No. On the board, I think on the board we got a couple. Yeah, but not an folks. actual email. So not an actual email. Yeah, I just... They just... They make me... It, 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 I, I said blown away last week, and they picked up on that. It just is incredible to me that people are listening to us. This oh, I, 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 I'm telling you, I mean, it's very humbling. Yeah, it is extremely humbling when you realize when 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 people put it into context what they're actually doing when they listen, and you realize that you know there are people living their lives listening to what we're saying. It just it really does. There is a disconnect. I live with John and don't listen to what he says. <laughs> <laughs> I worry about the ones that are on treadmills. Uh, yeah, they, really, especially when you start pronouncing names. Yeah. <laughs> So I hope that your trip goes well and have a good time. Great. Well, thank you, Paula. Thank you, Julie. Corey. I have one from Cherie in Carlsbad, California. Her question is about the difference between tickets purchased in a package and tickets purchased separately. When you get a package, your tickets and room key are all in the same card. If I book a AAA room and get tickets separately, do I still get to use one card when I check in? Now, what you're going to have to do, you're going to have to pick up your ticket separately, whether it's at will call or you get them shipped to you. But you can always bring that ticket to um, to your resort and have them combine it onto your card for you. So, yes, you can do that. Right. Basically, what they're going to do is see what kind of ticket media you have. They'll scan it, see what's left, and they'll just encode your key to the world card with that information. Easy process. Cool. Thank you, Corey. Welcome. Kevin. Mine is from David Scott in San Jose, California. 
Hi, David. And David says, my wife and I spent our honeymoon last May at Saratoga Springs and a three-day or four-day Disney cruise after that. We'll be spending our one-year anniversary at the boardwalk from April 20th through April, or tw- April 22nd through April 30th, and would like to have a romantic dinner during that time. We're trying to stay away from $40 a plate, but don't mind spending good money for good food and good environment. My wife and myself are 26 and 28, so we would like your opinion of what might be our best bet. David, if you're looking for something on Disney property, we've talked about the great places. If you're staying at the Boardwalk, right across the way, I thought the Yachtsman Steakhouse was very romantic. I thought it was great, and I think you would do good there. I also think the Portobello Yacht Club at Downtown Disney is, I don't want to say an out-of-the-way spotted, but it's one of the ones that seemed to get less noticed. I thought that meal was terrific. Again, you're talking about a good deal of money. If you're looking to go off property and you're willing to travel about 10 minutes, uh, if you travel up I-4 to Sand Lake Road and go left on Sand Lake Road, there's something called Restaurant Row. Restaurant Row is a little bit less touristy than the Disney area, and there's a great many restaurants in the area that you might want to try. Timpano's. Timpano's is there. There's uh, Seasons 52. Mm -hmm. There's a Moonfish. And a Bonefish in there. it, there's a moonfish on one side of the street and a bonefish bone on, on, on the other side. <laughs> there's also, um, there's a lot of places there. And the prices are going to be, well, it'll be nice restaurant prices. It won't be Disney prices. You would probably get away with $20, $25 per person. I would suggest if you're willing to travel a little bit, go try something that's off Disney property. If you're looking to spend a, a more romantic holiday that's not Disney related or more romantic anniversary and give that a shot. Great idea. Some wonderful restaurants over there. There's a nice wine bar over there, too. That's the Dr. Phillips area, right? The Dr. Phillips area. And if you're willing to go a little bit further, and uh, there's a great place called the Stonewood Tavern. And Bob and John and I and our friends eat there quite regularly. So, Great. That's one of our favorite places. Thank you, Kevin. John. My email is from Bob Hendricks in Howard, Ohio. Bob writes, we are currently planning a trip to Walt Disney World next year. Having previously stayed at the Pop Century... I have promised my wife that we will stay at a moderate resort this time. We are looking at probably a 10-day visit. I've heard about renting points from DVC members for stays at one of the DVC resorts. I am somewhat leery about doing this, having also heard of someone who has been quote-unquote burned trying to do this. How does one go about checking into this and actually renting points without being taken? And uh, would this end up being cheaper than staying at a moderate resort? Um... The, the, the price is going to depend really on when you stay and what accommodations you choose and how many points it's going to be and how much someone's willing to, to take for their points. Um, I would say yes. I would say you're probably going to get a, at least a studio, if not a one-bedroom, for the same price or less than a moderate resort. Now, in the, in the interest of full disclosure, I have rented my DVC points in the past, and I've not had a problem as being the rentor. Um, the, the boards are a really great resource. Um, there's a DVC for rent for trade board and the folks over there have put together a lot of really good resources. One of the things you want to do is you want to make sure that if it's someone from the boards that they've have a couple of posts under their belt. You don't want to rent from someone who has one or two posts, someone who's been around a while. Um, ask them for references. Again, I've rented my points. I'm not offended if someone says to me, can I have some references to, to ask people? Usually people will give you three, four, five names. Uh, another thing is that many people will do who rent is offer you a contract. 
and the contract will just state how much money they prefer up front, what their, their timing is for you paying off the rest of it, and also what you can do as far as cancellations and how much money you can get back for them. You got to keep in mind that, that for DVC, people have paid for these points up front and that there are rules governing what happens if they cancel within a certain amount of time. You don't want them to have to lose their points uh, if you decide to change your mind. But I, I don't think you should be weary about, uh, leery about being taken advantage of. I think if you stick to the boards, I think if you stick to the guidelines of getting uh, references and, and getting someone who's willing to work with you on a contract, I think you can do very well. Um, I personally have one person who rents from me every year. She's come back over and over again. And she gets a one-bedroom at the boardwalk for less than it would cost her for the same amount at a moderate resort. Hmm. So That happens a lot. Mm-hmm. The bargains are out there, and it's a great opportunity. Plus, you get a really good accommodations with the kitchen and the and all the the, and the washer and dryer. Washer and dryer. Big, big for Kevin, washer and dryer. So. It is. Uh, yeah, it's a huge thing. Well, it, may, it allows you to take less suitcases. Yeah. So don't be afraid to delve into it. I don't think you're going to have a problem. Thank you, John. Bob, you have another one? Pete, I have one from Amanda, and she lives in Wyoming, Michigan. And she's going on a cruise, and uh, when they're coming back, they want to do one uh, day at Epcot for food and wine. And they're asking, uh, there's a lot going on at the festival, uh, yet uh, they're not sure what things they can do. Any not to miss items or tips that you can give us. So I have some tips. Uh, there's some f- free wine tasting over at the pavilion uh, where the Body Wars pavilion the Wonders was. Of Life the pavilion. Wonders of Life. You can go over there, and there's also food cooking demos that you can check on a daily basis. So in other words, it's Wonders of Booze. Wonders of Booze. Well, the cooking demos are in the another building, uh, Odyssey. Oh, the, Odi- the Odyssey. What used to be the Odyssey restaurant, right. yeah. That's that's where they're doing the cooking demo. So you can check the schedule on the days uh, of who's going to be there. One of the things the other night, uh, Diana and I were over at the Food and Wine, and we happened into the turkey exhibit, uh, and we found there's you can make uh, an art poster in there. Now, turkey as in the country, or turkeys in the food. Turkey is the country. Okay. Okay. And they have a place you pay $10 and you make this poster. And what you do is uh, it's called marbling art. And it's uh, what they do is they drop paint in the water. And uh, then they put a piece of paper on top and you make your own pattern, which is interesting. Uh we actually, uh, Diana, I had Diana do that, and I, I shot some video of it, and it's really cool because you just you're, you're putting this paint in on the water, and it just sits on top, and and then you kind of make a pattern with the uh, pencil, and it comes out, and it, it's really cool. It's uh, Ottoman art of decorating, the, the service of water with paint. So that's another thing you can do. Uh, over in Oklahoma, they have these shows. They had the Indians uh, doing uh, some... I think the politically correct term is Native American. I get corrected by Walter yeah. all the time. Okay. The Native Americans were doing a demonstration of some of their 
their native dances on the night we were there, which was interesting. See, Walter and, would love that. And uh, uh, there's a few other countries that do exhibits and things too. So there's a lot of stuff that's free over there that you don't have to pay for or like that uh, marbling art thing was $10 and it was like an 18 by 11 poster that we got. So that was cool. Now, you, I know you mentioned the wine tasting. There's also a beer tasting um, presented yes. by Sam Sam Adams at the at the American Pavilion. And right across from that, there's the concerts they do every day. So, And then if you really want to get involved, there's the pear exhibit over in America. That I did read that that is more for children in the food and wine guide. It is. It and is. I've been through it, and I would not recommend that as a must-do for anybody. I was, I was just throwing it out there as... You know, she asked for must-dos. I would say that's a must-miss. Must-miss. Yeah. <laughs> but Skip Pearville. You know, the whole, the whole food and wine festival, the whole thing is great. Just take your time and walk around and enjoy everything. You know, uh, It's almost impossible not to have a good time. Right. Yeah. You don't have to eat at every station. You don't have to spend $100 on food. There's so much to see and do, and just yeah. enjoy but it. But you will. Yeah, you, <laughs> you will. You don't have to, but I you're like going it. to. I like it this year, the wine tasting. It used to be you'd have to wait in a line, and sometimes the line would go outside, and it, it's not air-conditioned. This year, it's all enclosed in the building, and it's much. It's a, a nicer presentation for it. So check it out. Cool. Thank you very much, Bob. Julie. My next one is from Christopher Wood in London, England. I'm writing this to inform you where and when I listen to your podcast. I'm a London underground tube driver, and I listen to your podcast while whilst, which I love that word, driving my tube train underground beneath some of England's most famous landmarks, such as Tower Bridge, the Tower of London, Big Ben, and the Houses of Parliament. Okay, this is just getting crazy now. Yeah. That's why. But he continues to say, so your voices have been played under the building in which the British government run the United Kingdom. I hope this fact also blows you away. <laughs> As I know you like hearing from listeners around the world. He's paying attention to what he's doing, though, right? Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I see him drive through a station and miss his stop. Whoops. Uh, so I thought that was way cool. Oh, yeah, we have a tube driver that listens to us, you that's know? That's very cool. That's the thought that somebody is driving a London Underground listening to our show. That's just absolutely wild. Now, I want you to do the same thing I told Paula to do, <laughs> except I want you to use spitballs. And as people are getting on the train, I want you to nail them with a spitball. Now, if you people in, if, if the folks listening in the UK don't know what a spitball is, look it up. Have them play the podcast over the intercom for everybody. <laughs> and when you get terminated. You do that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> unfortunately. We apologize. He'd end up without a job. Thank you for your email. That's a great email. Thanks very much. Do we have anybody? I do. I have another one from a man named Fred Bray in Redmond, Oregon. He wants to know if there are any kid-friendly kid restaurants outside of Disney. He is uh, two grandparents and two grandchildren, and they're coming down for a visit. Fred, you're going to find that most restaurants in Orlando are kid-friendly. If you're looking for kid-oriented restaurants, I can't really say because I don't really go to them. Uh, your best bet would be to stay on Disney property if you're looking for ones that are going to focus on the children. If you're just looking for good places to eat, every restaurant you go to in the Disney area, If you, uh, uh, he mentions that he's staying at a resort out on Highway 192, so he's going to be in the 192 Tourist Corridor. Every restaurant you find out there is going to be child-friendly. These are not restaurants that I normally uh, uh, go to because they are tourist restaurants. 
And I don't know of any out there that have a sterling reputation. These are uh, places I can't tell you to avoid. I don't know anything about them. On uh, State Road 535 in the Little Lake Bryan area, there's a restaurant called the Golden Corral. And whenever we have family in town, this is not a fine dining establishment, but if you're dealing with two children who are nine and seven, sometimes they tend to be picky eaters. And we find that this is the kind of place that if you're going with a large group of people of varied ages, Usually everybody can find something that they're interested in. It's a buffet restaurant. You get an empty plate and you get to go up and pick and choose. A lot of times kids, especially I think that age, enjoy the option of picking out what it is that they're going to eat as opposed to sitting at a table. This is a little more interactive. You get to pick and choose, get to make your own, design your own dinner kind of thing. So I would recommend that if that's something that appeals to you, but I don't think you'll have any trouble taking your kids anywhere. You'll also find a lot of the same chain restaurants that you have at home, you know, there's going to be McDonald's and Friendly's and all those same restaurants. So if, you're, if you think you need to play it safe, you have those choices as well. But everybody's got a children's menu and, you know. Yeah. They built, a, they built a restaurant <laughs> in the Disney area. You can't do business in Orlando. You right. cannot do business in the tourist corridor of Orlando if you are not at least kid-friendly on some level, if not, in fact, kid-centric or kid-focused. So Now, what about something like Medieval Times? I mean, that's... You think that would be appeal to children? If, if it's you, been a long time since I've been there. If so you're into that sort of thing, the, those are great for kids because you've got the entertainment right there in front of you, and you've got the, you know, the whole immersive experience. Right. And, you know, if that's what the kids into, there's that. There's um, Arabian Nights. Right. There's the See, Arabian Nights. I, I don't consider Arabian Nights to be for kids. Arabian Nights is really a more showcasing the. Uh, it's a love the, what story. What do they call the Andalusian Andalusian yeah. horses? It is, is Andalusians. Um, and their horses are beautiful, and they should be showcased, and, and they're they're stunning. But it really is for people. It's a more artistic presentation See, than what, what you're going to find at Medieval Times, which I think Medieval Times is much more appropriate. For well, for kid. boys too. We know a, a nine-year-old girl who I don't know if she's nine anymore, but loves horses. So that's her favorite. Oh yeah, Arabian have, Nights over and over and over again. She could do that. Yeah, if you're if you're a, if you're a real if you're a horse fan if you're a real horse fan then absolutely Arabian Nights you can't you could not see a better show yeah that's when we went we took Julie's mom and she was just yeah, in awe. My, my whole family they love Dolly's Dixie Stampede they've been to the original one mm-hmm. Christmas so decorations are up they, right. yeah they, they've been wanting to come here and experience this one as well and I've never been so not I. I would like to go and experience yeah, Walter, it with them Walter because wants to go too. they love horses you, Walter can go with you guys <laughs> and there's also the Pirates Dinner Adventure I understand is very good and good for boys so coming uh Early next year to the downtown Disney area, there's going to be a T-Rex, a prehistoric family adventure that's going to be opening up for people that are... Oh, really? Yeah. They haven't started that yet, though. Well, they're saying sometime early next year. So I just want to throw it out there, and we'll we'll keep an update on what's happening. But that's exciting for the downtown Disney area. I have one more thing to say before we go. Sure. Hi, Anthony. All right. Our final email today is from Tanya Denmark in Claremont. She's one of Bob's neighbors. Um. We're sorry. (laughs) Hey. uh, I'm writing to tell you how much I thoroughly enjoy your podcast. I often get sideways glances while laughing out loud when I'm at the gym. I first stumbled on your podcast when I found out that Kevin was a part of your panel. My husband and I used to work with Kevin, and it was a great treat to hear a familiar voice on the airwaves. I do have two questions. First, how did all of you come together as the Diz Unplugged family? This is such an eclectic bunch of people. I'm wondering how you all met. And second, how do I become part of that family? Keep up the great work, and I'll be seeing you at the meet. You are a part of our family. So, uh, 
Oh, that's very the house. The, the calls coming from inside the house. Oh. So that girl, that girl at the gym that's laughing all the time when I go there is is no. Her? That's no, that's she's the, laughing, she's laughing at you. At you. Yeah, oh. laughing at you in your tank top. I was going to say all the time you're going to the gym. <laughs> I don't know where the gym is. I, just, <laughs> I drive by the gym three times a week. I do too. <laughs> I haven't seen Tanya and Wally in quite a while, uh, and they're a great couple. And I was really shocked to get the email, and I did. I chose not to pick the email to read because I felt like it was a little self-serving and a little hi Kevin how are you but they're a great couple and I can't wait to see them I hope both of them come to the meet it's um and to answer your questions about how we how we all met um Corey uh came to the round table well came to work for us as a result of an ad I had put in the Orlando Sentinel in October of 2001 um Bob was a uh, was a visitor to the site uh, very early on and became a moderator and a friend and as you know time has gone on He's uh, he moved down here and, and now and now works for us. Uh, John and I were a couple when uh, we started the site, and of course now John and Kevin uh, have been together for six years now, coming up on six years. Or have we you just, just passed? passed? Just passed six years. Congratulations! Happy anniversary. And uh, you know that's pretty much how you know it was just kind and of then we've Julie been we've been, John and I have been picking people up along the way and then Julie <laughs> married much it. Corey and Julie of course <laughs> married Corey and that uh, so I'm by default <laughs> she married into the dynasty well so did I <laughs> married into the dynasty oh <laughs> uh, but uh, and uh, how do you become part of the family well do you have any skills I need? <laughs> you put in several years of servitude <laughs> <laughs> well I'll tell you what I'll be, I'll be honest with you folks I'm um, as I look at everything for next year, I have a feeling we're going to be hiring a couple of people in the next in the next year. Um, but uh, that's uh, yeah, it's just pretty much you got to be in the right place at the right time. And if I like you and think you've got something going on, I hire you. So that's pretty much how that works. <laughs> I don't know any way to, any other way to put it. I won't put ads in the newspaper anymore. I'm sorry. I just don't like what yeah, I get. Yeah, look back. what happened last time you did. It was terrible. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, the last time I put an ad in the newspaper, we got we got garbage. Oh, we got a, a lot of garbage back. Um, but uh, that, yeah, any any attempts to put ads in the newspaper haven't worked. So I, I just kind of, you know, as we meet people, we hear about people. It's kind of you got to know somebody. <laughs> it's one of those jobs. Bob, what are you? All right. This is the picture we did the other night at Universal. I just oh, let me see. <laughs> I forgot oh, I had you do this. this. Have you seen this? He showed me on his camera. <laughs> are we on air? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think we are. Testing, testing. Yep. Yeah. They want my levels. Oh my God! This was supposed to be Bob, a Star Wars. Bob, you're the Wars. hottest blonde woman I've ever seen. I Corey will never get excited I again. For the, I pose I for this. Thank God I'm not blonde. I, I want this. I want this scanned. Okay. I have. Uh, I was supposed to be a picture of me with a Star Wars thing, and all of a sudden Peter pulled a switcheroo on me, and the next thing I know, I'm wearing a bikini. Yeah, at uh, Halloween Horror Nights, uh, one of the kiosks that were set up where you know they they take a picture of your face and then put it into a magazine cover and. This one is uh, Swimwear <laughs> Illustrated. He's the new Miss Swimwear. He is the new Miss Swimwear. I look good with the mustache, too. Yeah, it, it, and the blonde hair. The blonde hair really works. Yeah, I'm thinking of dyeing my hair that color now. All right, that's going to do it for our email show this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Ranting. Have a great week, everyone.